Well, good morning. Um, my name is Dan. I get the joy of being one of the pastors uh, at Liberty Church. And today, actually, I'm kind of stepping in a bit last minute for Matt, who couldn't be here today. And we won't be continuing. We've been doing a preaching series through 1 Thessalonians, and uh, that's going to continue next week. I want to start by asking us a question. Which do you value most, time or money? Time or money? Let me ask a couple of questions to try and tease it out some more. If someone said to you, can you give me you know, 30 minutes, I just need your help, or can you give me 10 euros, I just need it for something, which is the easier one to give? If perhaps Monday morning comes and you could buy some extra 30-minute portions, how many would you want to buy? I think for many of us, time is our most precious commodity. It certainly feels that way for me and in my household. And I'm aware that I think increasing busyness is just around the corner. So I think lockdown has simplified our lives in certain respects. It hasn't necessarily made it less busy, but it, it's simplified it. And I think as lockdown is lifting, uh, we have opportunity for busyness to increase all the more and for complexity to increase all the more. And what I felt I should speak on today was the biblical topic of Sabbath rest. And I'm hoping there's a, a, a little prophetic edge to it because I think the busyness is, is around the corner for us. And I'm wanting us to, to I want to give us some real practical things and some principal things to put uh, in place before it happens. So the objective is really to help us rest better. So wherever you are, you can breathe. You can get yourself comfortable. And we are gonna look into the Bible. A couple of weeks ago, I talked about work from the Bible. The Bible has a lot to say about work. It also has an awful lot to say about rest. And if you're here and maybe you're still kind of exploring the claims and the teachings of Christ, that might surprise you. Because I think most of us kind of have a relationship with rest that is more default than decision. So we just keep going. We go as fast as we can. We cram as much in as we can until we're forced to rest. And actually the Bible wants us to be proactive rather than reactive to rest. It wants us to take rest as a decision rather than as a default position when we're tired. Let me define Sabbath. It's the idea that we take a regular weekly period, usually typically a day, to refresh and connect with God. So. What I'm bringing today, I hope, is an invitation to a new rhythm of life. Many of us would say our work rhythm is very good, it's very regular, but we're not so good at the rest rhythm. I'm hoping that, you know, when we come with our complicated, our life, complicated lives, high stress, high pressure, demanding jobs, 24-7 parenting responsibilities, we can bring them. Uh, and find a more sustainable and more joyful and more God-glorify way 
God-glorifying way of living them out. Many of us, including me, love to take holidays because I love that moment where I put on the out-of-office notification on my email. It means that, you know, no one can track me down. And often, I found my, find myself living my work life, you know, as, as, as fast as I can, as hard as I can. And at times, I will put my hand up and say I'm guilty of actually getting a bit of a buzz of finding myself close to burnout. You know, I, I, and I think most cities are like this. I think Amsterdam is like this as well, but we wanna, we wanna work hard and we wanna play hard. And that means that we're always stretching things as much as we can. And this means that uh, Actually, the Bible has got some strong things to say, and this is quite a big issue for us to try and wrestle with, because that's not the way that God intended for us to live. I want to look at some small steps to help us get on the right path. Maybe you're new to church, maybe you've been coming and being part of us for a, a long time, but there will have been a time where you heard the church begin to teach on giving of our finances. And I think Sabbath and teaching about Sabbath rest is a little bit similar to that. When you first heard the church teaching about the need uh, to give money, God's intent for us to give money to the church, it probably felt a bit personal and a bit like, well, no, this is, this is my money. Why should I give it? And then the next stage is to think, well, no, it's impossible. I can't give money because I need it all. And then when we get over that, and actually maybe we begin to give money to the church, and we begin to kind of live as God intended, then there's a peace that settles, that actually this is all God's money anyway, and I can trust him as my provider. And, it, and it's the same thing with our time, that he gives us time, but it, we just sang, you know, time is in his hands, yet often we live like it's ours to do what we want with. So Sabbath and taking Sabbath rest hits us at a heart level, the same way that giving hits us at a heart level. You know, it affects our actions. It hits us at a wallet level. So taking Sabbath rest hits us at a diary level. We give of our time. So initially, this isn't going to be simplifying your life, but ultimately, it will. It's going to take energy and planning. You know, as a family, we've been trying to do this for about three years now, and our success rate is fairly low. So don't underestimate what a big shift this could be for you. My talk is kind of in three parts. I firstly want to persuade us how vital it is, and then we'll talk about some principles and then some practice. Sabbath is vital. Here is a fuller definition of Sabbath. The Sabbath is a regular, prophetic, countercultural act of commitment and obedience that resists the cultural values that define me by what I do rather than who I am. So culture defines us by what we do rather than who we are. It involves taking a regular day in every seven days to rest, replenish, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. And actually this is a spiritual act of faith because what we're saying is that God's plans are more important than our plans. 
Now, there are reasons why we don't Sabbath, and it, these are probably my reasons, but maybe you'll resonate with some of them. The first reason we don't kind of take a day out every week to replenish and connect with God, number one, is I haven't got the time. I'm just too busy, I haven't got the time. And actually, for me, what I had to come to terms with was that was a bit of a lie, and what I was actually saying is that actually what I do with my time is more important than what God is instructing me to do with my time. The second thing is, I just don't feel like I need one. You know, I've got enough energy to get through the day, get through the week. I don't need to take time out. And actually, when I say that, I had to realize I'm believing the lie that my emotions are a better indicator of my well-being than God's word and his invitation to rest. Maybe you've heard of this idea uh, as being an Old Testament command. And uh, maybe they're thinking, actually, surely it doesn't apply now. Well, in some sense that's true, but not in others. Because we're going to read the verses in Genesis where God calls us to rest. And you'll see that it's before uh, sin enters the world. It's a bit like work in that sense, that part of God's original intent and design for us was to work and to rest. I personally felt very convicted of how I was living my life, like I said, about three years ago. And I got the incredible privilege to take a three-month sabbatical. And I had a long list of things I wanted to do, people I wanted to hang out with, places I wanted to go to, all around me upskilling myself. And early on, I sat down and I was praying and I felt God uh, drop into my heart at the end of this sabbatical, do I want to be a better worker or a better worshiper? And it hit me, it hit me at a heart level because actually all my plans were about me coming back as a better pastor, a better church leader. And I felt Jesus kind of stop me and say no. Actually this is about us. This life is more about us than it is about your performance. So let's look in the Bible. We see early on in the Bible, probably on your third page of Genesis, uh, Genesis 2, verses 1 to 3, on the seventh day is the creation of the Sabbath. It reads, thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. And on the seventh day, God finished his work that he had done, and he rested on the seventh day from all his work that he had done. So God blessed the seventh day and made it holy. Because on it, God rested from all his work and he, that he had done in creation. So there's quite a bit of repetition there that God works and he rests, and he works and he rests. And God has blessed the Sabbath and he's made it holy. And then this is echoed again uh, in Exodus 20 where Moses is receiving the Ten Commandments and this is the fourth commandment, that we need to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. And it concludes again, therefore the Lord blessed the Sabbath day and he made it holy. So Sabbath rest is about imitating God's example. Now scripture also reminds us that God never sleeps and he never slumbers, so God does not need rest but he sets the example because we do. 
Jesus reminds us again in Mark 2, verses 27 and 28. The Sabbath was made for man, and not man for the Sabbath. So then the Son of Man is Lord even of the Sabbath. So Sabbath rest is made for us. It's a gift from God. Mark Buchanan wrote a book called The Rest of God, and if you want to dig deeper into this, it's a good book to read. He describes our need for rest a little bit like this. Like a parent who coaxes a cranky toddler to lie down for an afternoon nap by lying down beside her, God woos us into rest by resting. God commands that we imitate him in order to discover again that we're not him, that we need him. Sabbath is a return to Eden. So when you look hard at your life, and maybe this season of lockdown has changed things completely, so maybe you need to reflect on how it was before, and you think about your levels of exhaustion, your complexities of diary, and probably your lack of rest. I kind of want to ask the question, do you genuinely believe that this is how God intended you to live? Because I'm convinced that God created us to work and rest in regular rhythms. And our rhythm is actually a bit out of step. Tim Keller another preacher and author asked the question, are you a slave to your work? He says, anyone who cannot obey God's command to observe the Sabbath is a slave. Your own heart, our materialistic culture, or an exploitative organization will abuse you if you don't have the ability to be disciplined in your practice of the Sabbath. If there is never time in your schedule to unplug, then what Whatever you're spending your time doing owns you. You have become its slave. It's become a taskmaster lording over you and controlling you. You see, deep soul rest simply can't be found in just a day off. It's found in a relationship with a person. Jesus invites us. He says, come to me, all you who labor and feel heavy laden, and I will give you rest. So similarly, that if you fast, but you don't pray when you fast, it's another Christian discipline, then actually it's just a diet. You can take a day off without connecting with Jesus, and it's just a day off. I want to say that that isn't what the Bible's describing as Sabbath. So I'm hoping that I want to give you hope today that by reminding us that God never intended for our life to be lived in utter exhaustion, constantly running on fumes, that God promises he'll give us rest. And then he goes on to show us how. So here are four principles that we're going to start with. Number one, we view Sabbath as a gift from God. It's a gift from God that man was made for the Sabbath, not Sabbath. Sabbath was made for man, not man for the Sabbath. Got to get it the right way around. Jesus' word, Sabbath made for man, not man for the Sabbath. And that means the Sabbath is a gift to us. It's a gift from God for us. And it's not measured in productivity, but it's, in, it's measured in relationship and intimacy with Jesus. It isn't usually like one long prayer time or Bible study, although elements of that 
could be included in your Sabbath, and it's a good thing to do. So Sabbath is a gift. Sabbath is a day. Uh, Peter Schizero wrote a book called The Emotionally Healthy Leader, and again, that would be the other book recommendation I'd give if you want to dig into, into this and living a, a balanced life. He, uh, he gives four kind of practices which we'll dig into of stopping work, enjoy rest, practice delight, and contemplate God, and do this every seven days for a day. In biblical times, uh, it was from sunset to sunset. And actually, for a family, we found that works quite well for us. So often a Friday uh, afternoon, uh, we'll try and start our kind of Sabbath rest, and then we'll pick it up again. Uh, we'll switch everything back on again on Saturday. I'll talk more. Because the particular day of the week is less important, what matters is that we settle on one. My son Solomon originally decided that we could have our Sabbath rest on Monday because he didn't like what he had to do at school on Monday. Sabbath, this is the third principle. Sabbath is both time in the week combined with a positioning of the heart. So actually you can't enter into Sabbath rest unless you go in with a Sabbath heart. And that means you need to enter in with faith because it doesn't make a lot of sense. It is uh, not kind of the culturally done thing. We enter in with faith. We're expressing our dependency on God. We're acknowledging our limits as humans as we begin to look at how unlimited God is, looking at his godness, at his provision for us, that his protection of us, and so we can enter into deep rest with him. But that starts in the heart. Principle number four is that Sabbath is a core discipline for us living holy lives. You know, the Bible encourages us as Christians to do many things, to, uh, to read the Bible and to pray and to gather together as believers. But it also encourages us to give of our money and to practice Sabbath. And often we don't see practicing Sabbath quite as important as the others. So with those principles in mind, I want to move to practice and unpack the four aspects that Peter Scazzaro outlines in his book. And he says that when we get these, they work together to show us how to do uh, Sabbath really well. The first is to stop work. Stop work. And this is probably one of the hardest to do. Sabbath, we want it to be kind of the, the first day of the week, the foremost day of the week, when we stop doing everything that we're paid for and all the work we're not paid for. He describes the Sabbath golden rule. The one thing that's indisputable is to aim to cease from that which is necessary. The root of the word Sabbath means to cease or stop, to desist. So this is something we practically do and we stop work. And trying to stop what you feel you ought to do the only thing you must do is not do the thing you must. I'll say that again. We want to try to stop doing the thing you feel you ought to do because we have so many obligations that we have to do this, we have to do the other. So we're going to try and stop doing those things so that the only thing we must do are the things that isn't expected of us, that aren't 
depend, that we're not being dependent on. And so we kind of cease from all that is necessary. So if you're a full-time mum, what it might mean is you try to have a day without doing washing or you try and plan a meal ahead. It might mean that actually you are going to put on your out of office even for a 24-hour period. So we're trying to cut out all the necessary things so we can do the unnecessary. Peter Schizero says that we let go of the illusion that we're, we are indispensable to the running of the world. We recognize we will never finish all our goals and projects and that God is on the throne, managing quite well in ruling the universe without our help. We can often feel like we can't, like the next kind of practical principle is turn off the phone. And this was painful for me when I first tried to do it because I felt such a bond and an affinity. There was actually a bit of a dependence, you know, underneath it all was what if someone needs to get a hold of me and they can't. And so I had to practice turning it off and we had to find ways that if there was an emergency, there'd be other ways. But actually most of the time there isn't any emergencies. And then I began to enjoy having my phone switched off. So, aim to turn things off, phone, I turn off my laptop. For me, I avoid social media because it can be connected to my work. I avoid doing house stuff, cleaning, fixing, shopping. For me, this is work. Others may find this a replenishing joy, in which case you're allowed to do it. So everyone's Sabbath is gonna look slightly different. But to not do these things takes a lot of planning. To set aside time during the week to do those routines, tasks, of life, so I don't have to do them on my Sabbath. So this is kind of the, the hardest thing to do, is to stop work, to make a plan for it. The second principle is to enjoy rest. So Sabbath is an invitation to rest every seventh day, and for some of us, an invitation is enough that we can rest guilt-free. But for others of us, actually it can feel like a, a, bit, of, a bit of an offense or a bit of an assault on what we think is our time and our right. Sometimes underneath that can be a bit of a fear that if I stop, maybe, maybe actually things will fall apart or maybe I'll feel less important. And for some of us, you know, it's a time to earn extra money at the weekend or to catch up on some admin or if you're self-employed, then you know, your free time is, is time that you need to build on, to work on the business rather than doing the business. And that's why it's an act of faith. It's an act of trusting in God that he will provide for us. The alternative is we just keep pushing, and I've done this. You just keep pushing and you get tired, then you get grumpy, irritable, and empty, and then you're forced to rest. So the invitation is to rest regularly, and from there you can work from a place of peace, refreshment, and closeness to God. So we enjoy, when we're enjoying rest, we begin to turn our hearts towards God to celebrate everything uh, that we don't have, to celebrate that we don't have to do everything. Actually, it's an illusion that we do have to do everything. Active rest is not just lying there all day, although napping might be part of it. 
Active rest is engaging in activities that restore and replenish us. You know, for me, that's family time. It might be a date with Soph. It might be uh, exploring the city, enjoying some culture, going to a museum or an art gallery. It might be enjoying time outdoors. It's, it can be spending time with friends, and it's going to be spending time with God as well. So ask yourself, what gives you joy and delight? What replenishes you? So stop work, enjoy rest. The third thing is to practice delight. So as we're enjoying our rest, you know, think about how God, when he finished creating the world, he said it's very good. There's a moment where God kind of reflects and says, yes, I'm pleased with this. He delights in it. And actually, I think that's part of what we need to do as well during Sabbath rest. And this becomes an attitude of a heart that then overflows into action. You know, God invites us to, de to delight in God's gifts, his gifts of nature, his gifts of people, of hobbies, of food, of beauty, of creativity. So it's intentionally looking for evidences of God's love. Sabbath is a day to live out the fundamental truth of the gospel that I really do nothing to add to God, and yet I'm utterly loved by him. We can do nothing to add to God, yet we're loved by him, and Sabbath also reminds us of that. And the fourth practice is to contemplate God. You know, Sabbath, the idea is that it's God-centered, not me-centered. It was made for us, but it's not about me time. Isaiah 41 tells us that renewing of our strength comes from waiting on the Lord, that Jesus' words were that he's the Lord of the Sabbath. So it's about him, it's about connecting with him, but it's also about us being refreshed and replenished, but we're not at the center of it. It's about being with God instead of doing for God. We can easily slip into the stuff we have to do. And Sabbath is a great antidote to that. It's an extension of delight as we enjoy and look for God in the good gifts he's given us so we draw closer to God. And it provides us with a God-ordained way to slow down and meaningfully connect again to God and with those we love and sometimes internally as well. It's good to practice God's presence and mostly kind of through thankfulness is a good way to start. Practice the presence of God until you're utterly convinced of his goodness and his sovereignty, until he is bigger and you find rest in him alone. Sabbath, I've found, can be a time of, of, of revelation of actually when I pause and I spend time with God, I can hear God's voice more clearly through his word and through uh, prayers and through him speaking to my heart, but I need to slow down and listen. So I'm hoping you're saying, okay, this Sabbath thing sounds pretty good. Where do I begin? Step number one is to make time in your diary, that you've got to create space for it. You need to try and identify a, a, a period of time where you can begin to do it regularly. And that might not be like a, a whole day to start with. It might be a, a, a half day or a portion of a day. 
But then once you've found that space, put it in as one of those repeating appointments in your diary, because you've got to protect it, and you've got to decide, okay, I'm not going to book anything else work-related on top of it, and then you fill it. So think through the things. On the Sabbath, I will. What are the things you want to do on your Sabbath? Might be things like start by worshiping God as sovereign over my work and rest. It might be spending intentional time listening to God in scripture, in prayer, in silence. It might be spending time in creation or with friends. What do you want to do? Make the list a list of things that replenish you, replenish your soul. Also write a list of on the Sabbath, I will not. Check work emails. Maybe check social media. Stay away from Twitter and Instagram if it's going to get you kind of feeling like you're in work mode again. Maybe it's not talking about or engaging in any work-orientated tasks. Maybe it's not catching up on household chores. For me, one of the things I have to decide not to do is read for ministry purposes, but rather read to connect only with God or for pleasure. So I'm carving this time out for me and God and me and my friends and me and my family to connect and trying to cut out all the necessary stuff. And it's tricky. You know, we still have to load the dishwasher because we want clean dishes. But we do the, we fit it in to the day in a planned way. So in short, if you want to do, if what you want to do is rest, and it can be done as worship to God or glory to God, then go for it. So after a month or two of trying this out, you know, make adjustments. So most of us kind of have Saturday and Sunday off. So I'd suggest you probably want it to run from Friday to Saturday or Saturday to Sunday. You can do your admin uh, in the morning. Uh, if you're running Saturday night to Sunday, or it can be the whole of one or the other. But for this example, we'll go Saturday night to Sunday. So what we try and do is kind of the admin on Saturday. The kids might have sport and stuff that we just have to do. And then uh, Saturday evening might be time with family, friends to refresh. Then Sunday we come to church, which is part of our spiritual replenishing and growth. Sunday afternoon, we might, you might want to go to a movie, you might want to watch sport, you might want to read, you might want to spend time in nature, whatever you enjoy doing but not working. And then Sunday evening you can check the emails again, you can iron the shirts if you need to and get ready for Monday. So what it looks like when you've got a high-pressure job or kids to manage or if you're self-employed or a mum with a newborn baby or maybe you're doing a night shift, you know, this is going to be complicated. I don't have all the answers, but it starts with a shift in the heart. And then when you decide you want to do it, you look at what is movable. Where can you make space? Possibly start with four hours and then see if there's ways to increase it. Or maybe you need to do it in two blocks or get creative with it. Sabbath isn't to replace sleep or times with God or church, although it may include elements of all those. Like I said, you know, the Plagis and family have been trying to do this for three years. We have a low hit rate and we have found it's constantly under attack. 
when we first declared to the kids that we were going to try and do this, and we said one of the things we would do is turn off our phones, they cheered. And I was a little heartbroken because I thought, you know, my wife and I are engaged parents, we're there, we're present, and I hadn't realized the impact of having our phones had on our kids, but they actually cheered. And now when, you know, we know it's coming and we've planned it well, we all really look forward to it. And planning is the key. A little bit like uh, giving money, like I said at the beginning. It's, it's one of those heart issues, but when you give money, you, you wanting to give it to church, I recommend giving it at the beginning of the month, because otherwise you get to the end of the month and you find there was less money and more month. And time is the same. You've got to put it in at the beginning. Sabbathing is the same. So this is an invitation, and this is, you know, my conclusion, is that we don't, you know, we don't actually have to do this. We're going to read a verse in the moment from Hebrews that Jesus' work on the cross was complete. And so when we know him and are found in him, we're fully accepted and fully loved, so we don't have to do this. And therefore, I'm wanting to give principles and practices that will help steer and we need to avoid kind of being legalistic and saying, okay, I just can't do this or can't do that. Because we see Jesus on the Sabbath, he heals people, which arguably was his work. And so you can conclude that Sabbath is a time for our replenishment and rest, but it's also a time for mutual service and care. What you can expect from Sabbath, if you practice this regularly, you'll end up with a life with more margins, more gaps, a better pace, can maybe make some of us feel uncomfortable because we're not getting that buzz of being near burnout, but we'll end up with a more balanced life with more consistent energy and passion. It's going to result in us having a deeper relationship with Jesus as we trust him, as we spend quality time with him, as we listen out for him more. I said earlier those verses in Mark that Jesus is Lord of the Sabbath. He's Lord of it. We want to recognize him as our Lord of our Sabbath. And actually, we only get to do Sabbath. We only get to experience rest because of what Jesus did. Hebrews 10:12 says that when Jesus had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down at the right hand of God. And this is the gospel message that Jesus offered himself as a sacrifice for our sins, for our wrongdoing. And then Jesus sits down because the work is finished. And then we are invited to kind of sit down next to him. I love my couch. We bought a new couch when we arrived here. And it is probably the most comfortable couch that Ikea has ever made. And often I'll see it as I'm coming in and out of the house and I'll kind of, it'll be beckoning to me. And when I sit on it, it is a place of rest. But this is external rest. Jesus is offering us deep internal rest. And so I kind of want us to uh, almost picture sitting down with Jesus as Jesus is sat down acknowledging Jesus as our Lord. We only get to sit down because Jesus did his work on the cross. 
we can stop work because Jesus completed his work. We can rest because God has shown himself faithful through Jesus as our provider. Everything we need is within him. He's shown himself as faithful as our protector, faithful as our restorer. He's done it all through Jesus and Jesus is now sat down. He is resting. And so there's an invitation for us to rest alongside him and to know internal rest as well as external rest. I wanna encourage you, take some time today, contemplate God. If you've never known that internal soul rest, that internal rest, then we'd love to talk with you more. Uh, you can get in contact with us at that. If you're watching on the live stream, there'll be a, a series of ways you can get in contact with us, email addresses and uh, websites. We'd love to hear from you. If you're here present in the room, then we'd love to pray with you or chat some more. In fact, let me pray for us now. Yeah, Father God, we thank you for your gift of rest. We thank you that we can trust you with our work and we can trust you with our rest. God, we love it that when we stop working, you're still working on our behalf, that you're still upholding the world as it is. You're still sustaining it through Jesus. We thank you that we can sit and rest because Jesus completed his work and is sat down at the right hand of the Father. We thank you that what he achieved for us on the cross is sufficient for us to know internal rest here. God, we acknowledge that there are lots of tugs and pulls on our time that call kind of cause us not to be at rest all the time and I pray that you'd help us to identify these and help us to practice Sabbath rest regularly. I pray that as we move forward from here, this would be something that brings us delight and joy and draws us closer to you. Thank you for your good gifts. Amen.